Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. So glad that you could join us. I'm so excited to bring this topic to you today because this is a topic that is impacting every single community in America right now. The situation is simply this. The recycling system that we have relied upon for decades is broken. Uh, We have been able to ship recycling loads over to China uh, for decades. We didn't develop the domestic infrastructure to keep our recyclables here in the U.S. and create new materials out of them for the most part. And as of January 1st, China has really put a stop to a lot of the contamination and a lot of the materials that we were previously able to send over to them. And so every single community in America is in kind of a a a state of transition. I'll put it that way, to put it mildly. And one of the things I love is that one of the premier uh, waste management types of of, um, companies, Republic Services, they have a variety of services that we're going to talk about today, but they have taken the initiative to put together a public education campaign called Recycling Simplified. And it explains exactly how we can deal with this brokenness in our recycling system and how each of us can take action to impact that. And I'm so glad to have Mark Krabs and Alberto Gardado with us today. They are both representatives from Republic Services, and they're going to help us understand the situation that we're in and what we can do to fix it. So, Mark, I'd love to start with you. You know, as I mentioned, China seems to be the catalyst in all of this. So, let's start talking about China and Help us understand why China's new policy, which they called National Sword, has had such a dramatic impact on America's recycling industry. How did our recycling system work before National Sword? And from Republic Services' standpoint, what has changed? Yeah, and, and Jill, uh, first off, appreciate you having us on, and uh, we're excited to, to speak to your audience. Um, so, so you kind of hit it off, right? Is, is the recycling is, is broken as we know it, and that was driven specifically by China. And what happened was is China in, it let out a new standard with National Sword. And when we think about that, what it really did is it changed contamination levels of material. So there, were, there are two big aspects. It's most of the material we sell, um, so the, the, the product that we pick up and that we sort through, was sold to China, especially for our western kind of half of the U.S. Um, beginning part of this year, standards changed where we, we changed contamination. So we went from about a 3% contamination load uh, to a 0.5%. So if you think about that, we have these large bales, 1,000 pounds. When you start getting to 0.5%, you're talking less than 5 pounds of that material can actually be contaminated. And that means it's different than what the stream is. Unfortunately, Americans in general um, don't recycle perfectly well. And so those new standards have made it really hard to find offsets uh, and places to ship the material. And more recently, as China has literally shut the, 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 the purchase of material coming through, so now we have to find secondary markets, which pay very differently than what China paid in the past. Well, so and, if, if, yeah, that's a, that's a huge shift. Talk to us a little bit more about that, yeah. Hey, Jill, this is Alberto. I, I just wanted to add a couple thoughts to, to what Mark said there. So um, 
typically what we have seen is that the contamination levels in recycling prior to China Sword were 30% or more. Um, and we, we can get in a little bit more into what types of contamination folks were putting into the recycling or are putting into the recycling. Um, and as we've seen over the last uh, two to five years, China has tried to clean up their their uh, their air and the environment um, because of a lot of uh, pressure and media coverage around that. And so China Sword was really a function of them trying to uh, implement some environmental standards as well. Um, but as a result, it's it, we're we're in this the crisis that we're in from a recycling market perspective. Well, and the thing is, you know, I know when the news first broke about National Sword, there was some criticism of China that, you know, it came down pretty fast. There wasn't a lot of time to adjust. But at the end of the day, it's perfectly reasonable for them to want to have a clean environment as well. Of course, we all want that, too. So, um, you know, for them to, to ask for us to send cleaner loads of recycling over to them so that we're not essentially exporting landfill material to them isn't <laughs> really isn't that that difficult to understand why they would want that but Alberto I want to ask you you know to explain something to our listeners because I think that a lot of Americans don't realize that in order for something to actually be recycled someone has to buy that material and make it into something new. It's not just that, you know, there's a number one in a triangle on the bottom side of your plastic bottle and it automatically gets recycled. It has to be purchased. So the companies who collect our recycling in the front of the house it may not be the same company that's actually recycling our materials and buying those materials to make them something new. Can you explain that to us a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, and and that was a that was a great beginning to the explanation, Jill. So, in in many communities, um, uh, either the municipality or a service provider like Republic Services is responsible for the collection of recycling at the curbside or at at homes. Um, so that's kind of, that's the first step, right? The collection of the material. From there, it's delivered to a recycling center. Um, and in some cases, those are operated by municipalities or they're operated by, um, again, a service provider like Republic Services. The recycling material is delivered to the center. It is sorted. It goes through a process where um, we uh, separate the materials, uh, so cardboards, plastic, um, paper, and then you know the residuals, um, which is anything that can't be recycled, um, and once we've got it separated into, into different commodity streams, on the back side of that, there's, there's a team of folks who are selling those commodities, looking for markets for different material types, and, and finding those markets and then um, selling them to them. So in, in the case of National Sword, uh, the reason why China was one of the largest importers of recycling is they wanted, they, there was a huge need for the cardboard that's produced that, that comes out of our recycling stream um, because they were able to take the cardboard, um, put it into their production process to make new cardboard boxes for product that was then being shipped back to the United States. So in a lot of ways, it was, it was a great example of a circular economy. We export our recyclables uh, or our recycled commodities once they've been separated. Um, there are markets for it in China. They're able to take the, the material, convert it back into a raw material so they can produce 
cardboard and packaging for new products that are then um, sent back to the U.S. So even from a shipping container perspective, if you think about it, those same shipping containers that we're taking our recycling to China were being used to bring back new products that um, that were sold uh, across the U.S. So um, from that, that's kind of the process from the time you set your recycling out at the curb until it gets to a market. Um, say China, for example. But you're absolutely right. There has to be somebody who is willing and needs uh, the material in order for there to be a market for it. Well, and that's that brings me to the next question. I'm going to ask you, Mark, if you can't find somebody to buy a certain recyclable material, like a type of plastic, what happens to it? Yeah, and, and you know, I think we, we look at product two ways. Um, if it comes through our waste stream, and, and Alberto kind of spoke through the residual, so a lot of people, you know, have this this idea that hopefully they put something in, it may not be recycled, but that it becomes an end product, and that's unfortunate because it doesn't, right? If someone puts in a product that can't be recycled, that goes into the residual, and then the residual gets taken out with as as trash. If it's a product though that is part of your recycling stream. Um, we find solutions for it. The difference is, is we may not make money off the product that we sell. So take, for, for instance, uh, glass, right? In most, in most markets, glass doesn't have a positive value to it. Um, it actually costs to dispose of it. So not only do we process the material, but once we process it, we're selling it at a loss to make a secondary product. Wow. And, and that is something I think that consumers need to understand, especially when, and I know this happens in communities all of the time, when a new RFP, a request for proposal is issued for waste hauling services and it looks like the rates are going to go up and everybody has a conniption because they don't want to pay more than <laughs> they were before for their, for their hauling rates. But these are the kinds of things that people need to understand when they're looking at the service that they are being provided um, to remove those materials from their curbside. There's a cost to all of that. Um, and if it's not offset by being able to sell some of those materials, then that has to be part of the, the garbage rate. And this isn't just because of National Sword, right, Mark? I mean, this is how things worked before the ban. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think this is a really important public education piece. So, Alberto, um, since National Sword began earlier this year, what have recycling companies been doing to cope with the influx of recycling that can no longer be shipped to China? I mean, are there other markets? Are there other buyers for the materials? What's going on right now? So, great question. Um, and first and foremost, we're trying to find other markets for materials, um, and in some cases, we're able to do that. I think Mark already mentioned that in most cases, when we find those secondary markets, they're not, um, they don't have the need for as much material, um, so it's a lower price point. Um, but there are some materials that, uh, that we just can't find markets for, um, and uh, you know, municipalities and, and service providers are dealing with that differently. Um, as, as Mark said, in some cases, we are paying to move, whereas we might have in the past been paid for a material or a commodity stream. We are now paying someone to, to take that material, and, um, they, and, and generally they have an end use for it, but it's not the high-value end use that it had previously. 
do you mind maybe giving us an example of that? Because, you know, I'm not sure I can envision what you mean by a higher purpose or, or not the highest purpose of that material. Well, I, I guess let me let me better explain it this way. Um, so we talked about the, the example earlier of the circular economy with China. Um, as I mentioned, they were really inter- what they were really interested in was the cardboard, but they were willing to take paper, plastic, and other materials in, in those bales. Mm-hmm. Um, now those bales have to be cleaner, right? They, they, as Mark stated earlier, they have, they have to be 0.5% or less contamination. So essentially that 2,000-pound bale has to be cardboard. Um, if it's not, then um, we have to sell it at a lower grade. So it, uh, the perfect example of that is a pizza box, right? In, in, historically, I think we've all thought, hey, it's okay to throw a pizza box um, into our recycling container, and it it, it was okay, um, but now that pizza box would ca- would cause that bale to be rejected or to have to be sold at a lower price point because of the grease on the pizza box. I see. I see. Okay, that makes perfect sense. We're going to take a quick, quick break. But when we come back, we have so much more to talk about. And we're going to be talking to you all about this brand new resource where you can find everything you need to know about how to recycle right and be part of the solution to this problem. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. So glad that you could all join us. And if you're just tuning in, let me catch you up. Our guests today are representatives from Republic Services. We have Mark Krabs, who is an area director of sales. And we have Alberto Guardardo, who is um, the general manager in the Phoenix area for Republic Services. And we're talking about what's happening with our nation's recycling system and some of the dramatic changes that are happening and the really 
started January 1st of 2018, this year. And we're also going to be talking about a solution that Republic Services has come up with to help educate um, everybody from you know, residential recycling users to commercials and uh, recycling uh, users. And we're going to be talking about that in just a moment. But before we do that, Mark, help us understand why the recycling crisis that we're in right now should concern the everyday American. I mean, what changes should we be making with our current recycling programs to make sure we can weather the storm that National Sword from China has imposed on us? Yeah, and Jill, I think that's a, a great question. I think there, there's twofold to that. Um, I think just for the, the average uh, consumer, uh, the big thing is, is really understanding what you put in to the recycle stream actually has a full impact on everyone's recycling that's picked up on that route and really understanding that when in doubt, kind of throw it out, right? If you don't know where it's supposed to go, make sure you're putting that someplace else. From a general sense, you know, and, and, and I think uh, we're, we're fortunate that there's organizations that can kind of weather this storm and that are fully committed to, to, to being sustainable and, and helping out communities with uh, the goals that they have out in front of them. But to do that, and I think you kind of touched on it, that requires either A, a different stream being collected, or B, a different price point. And, and when you think about kind of the collection process, right, when you pick up trash, it's literally, it comes through, it goes into the truck, and then it gets, either, you know, it gets dumped into a landfill. Um, when you're thinking about recycling, you're, you're picking up a material, you're then sorting it through this very expensive equipment, and you're, you know, you're, you're producing a fine bale that you're selling for. There is a cost there, and, you know, I think, I think from a general sense, recycling, we've always discounted it, but at the end of the day, recycling is as or more expensive than trash, and so that's where it really comes back to um, the consumer understanding. And, and the dollar differences are, are minimal, right? Less than probably a Starbucks coffee uh, mm-hmm. a month, but those changes can help keep the recycling kind of programs alive throughout the United States um, and, and continue this process so, so we find secondary sources for materials. Well, and the thing that, you know, that I think about, and this is, you know, my my day job is not host of Go Green Radio. My day job is um, the head of the Go Green Initiative, which is an environmental education program that's operating in schools in all 50 states. And, you know, what, what we talk about with the students a lot of times is that, you know, when landfills become landfuls, we've got a problem in our community. It means that we're going to have to figure out where else to put our waste. And when we're able to pull recyclables out of our waste stream, we can increase the longevity, the lifespan of our local landfills so that we don't either have to build new ones or send our materials even further away, which of course is going to be more expensive. And so I know that, you know, a lot of recycling advocates really want to see, you know, recycling continue to thrive and expand in the United States so that we're not, you know, increasing, you know, our our footprint of, of landfills in the country. Nobody wants that. And I think, you know, Alberto, I would like to have this question directed to you. I know that all of this information might be kind of frustrating for our listeners because 
nobody is really excited to put a lot of thought and brain share into what they do with every item they put into their waste containers. But I'm actually looking forward to sharing a solution that Republic Services has devised. It's called Recycling Simplified. And I want our listeners to check it out. Don't close this tab in your web browser. Keep listening to us on voiceamerica.com. But maybe open up a new tab in your web browser and go to www.recyclingsimplified.com. So, Alberto, let's talk uh, about the recycling base to begin with. What are the primary categories of recyclables? Jill, thanks. Um, and yeah, all of this information is available at RecyclingSimplified.com. But really, the, the basic categories are cardboard, paper, metal cans, and plastic bottles and jugs. And, and really, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. What are those materials that there are in markets for? Right, right. And so, Mark, talk to us um, about what specific types of paper or cardboard, um, you know, we, what, what do we need to know about those materials? And, and also talk to us about cans, because I, I'm not sure if we're talking about soda cans or soup cans. And give us any other examples you can so we have a better understanding of what can be accepted. Yeah, and, and acceptance is very, it, it's specific in, in, in markets. So I'll kind of broad, I'll, I'll kind of speak to this broad sense, right? And mm-hmm. and then we can we can kind of talk through that a little bit in more in depth uh, as we continue to go. But kind of a general sense, it's, it's fibers, right? So you have your cardboard and your paper. Um, then you have glass in a lot of municipalities. Um, you have metal cans, and metal cans, uh, you know, you kind of said it are beverages, food cans, and so forth. Um, and then lastly, you have plastic bottles and jugs, which are your, your food and liquid, uh, your containers that hold food and liquid. And, and as packaging continues to change and evolve, um, you know, those kind of fluctuate. But when you think of the general sense, it's kind of your metals, your fiber, and your plastics. Mm-hmm. And talk to us about plastics. Alberto, if you would, what plastics are generally accepted in a local recycling program? And I, and I do realize, you know, when Mark just said that some of these things fluctuate by market, I believe what you meant there, Mark, was by local area. You know, a market is a town or a municipality that's covered by a, a waste hauling contract. So help us understand what kind of plastics would be acceptable in, in a typical local recycling program. Uh, so generally what, what we're looking for are, are plastic and liquid containers, the hard plastics, if you will, laundry detergent bottles, um, anything, any of those hard plastic containers that uh, were previously holding liquids. That's, that's kind of the rule of thumb. Um, plastic film is something that um, we're not looking for in the recycling stream. Any of the packaging material, the plastic film, plastic bags, um, shouldn't be in the recycle container. Um, one, they're, uh, they're difficult on the processing equipment. Two, it takes a lot of that material to make new raw product. Um, and, and three, there just aren't a lot of markets for it. There are other avenues for recycling things like uh, plastic grocery bags. Um, at just about the front of any local grocery store, you will find uh, recycling containers where consumers can, can return their, uh, their previously used plastic bags. But it's really the, those film, those soft-type plastics that we're trying to keep out of the recycling material and, and really trying to stay with the rigid plastic containers. And when you talk about plastic containers that had 
liquid or food in them. I know that a lot of people are beginning to get confused about, say, for instance, like a plastic container that, you know, a pint of strawberries comes in at the grocery store, because that's kind of in between the rigid plastic and the film plastic. It's soft and it's flexible, but is it acceptable in most recycling programs? And I I think like Mark said earlier, there are variances from municipality to municipality, but as a general rule of thumb, it's the hard plastic containers, the the beverage containers, the laundry detergent bottles, those those types of things. That's kind of the safe rule, shampoo bottles. Um, if you're putting those things in your recycling, you're, 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 it's a great step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a tough thing for consumers because we get information like this. Um, we start to look around at the things that we purchase you know, at the grocery store or, you know, at, at other um, consumer outlets. And we start to think about, well, if this is the way I get strawberries or if this is the way I get grapes, they come in a bag. And those containers, you know, and we may have several of them um, coming in on a week-by-week basis, if they're not recyclable, you know, and maybe previously we thought they were, then we're contributing a lot more to the landfill than maybe we even meant to. And I think that's something that is going to cause a lot of consumers to rethink what they're purchasing or how they're purchasing those items to begin with. And, um, you know, that's outside the scope of of this conversation but as I speak to my listeners you know I want you to be thinking about these kinds of things if you find out that your local municipality doesn't take those types of things in the recycling and and that's just going to end up in the landfill um, it's time to rethink our, our purchasing decisions so mark you know this website that we were just talking about recyclingsimplified.com which is great and i really want all of our listeners to get out there and check it out it makes a point of noting that recyclables should be empty clean and dry what is that and why is that what happens if we put items in the recycling that are wet or soiled yeah, and, and you know it's, it's interesting as you start walking one of our recycle facilities you see a lot of full cans, half-empty, uh, things of food, and so forth. So, so what happens with that? The reason why we ask for empty, clean, and dry is, remember when we were talking, we are talking about fibers, and we are talking about material that's going to be eventually shipped someplace else. Um, mm-hmm. When the material is picked up, it, it goes into a truck where it gets condensed and, and pushed together. Um, if items are soiled, that, that kind of squeeze or pressure can ruin a lot of the items within, within the truck. So... Think about a general sense, right? You could be doing your recyclables perfectly well, and then next door someone could be throwing in full cans of soup or something, right? When your materials come together and the compression of the truck comes together, that soup is going to explode, right? And it's going to get on everything, which then soils the material. And, you know, Alberto kind of spoke to the pizza box. We used to be able to sell the pizza boxes into into the load, but now because of the grease, those are getting pulled out. And so when we're thinking about just soiling of material in general, we have to be very careful in the fact that when we, when we empty it, we clean it, we dry it, we put material that is, that is in its best state to be shipped and, and reused someplace else. If we don't do that, we're taking dirty material and we're potentially contaminating everything else where people put a lot of time and effort into, into the product they've, uh, they've kind of produced for us to pick up. Mm-hmm. One bad apple, 
<laughs> that's, yep. you know, that, that's the thing. And I think, you know, actually, I, I work with students quite a bit. And just last week, um, some high school students went and gave a presentation um, on this to some child care providers who are trying to set up recycling programs in their preschools and their in-home daycare um, programs. And, you know, one of the ladies asked a question, you know, I could do a perfect job of recycling, but if my neighbor doesn't um, and the truck comes by to pick up all of our stuff, they're going to ruin what I'm doing. And and that really incited her anger, you know, I mean, and so it's really something that neighbors need to discuss and communities need to discuss so that we can all um, send clean recyclables to where they can actually be recycled and not end up sending more to the landfill than we mean to. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we have so much more with Mark and Alberto, so don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. I'm so glad that you could all join us. And I'm also really glad to have the two guests that we have today who've joined us. We have Mark Krabs. He's the Area Director of Sales for Republic Services. And we've got Alberto Gardardo, who is the General Manager in the Phoenix area. And we're talking about a brand new resource that Republic Services has had the initiative to create and to support all of us in trying to understand better how we can maximize our 
recycling in every community across America. And this website they've put together is just it's terrific it's so user-friendly and it's so clear it's um you can find it at www.recyclingsimplified.com alberto recyclingsimplified.com says that we need to keep our recyclables loose what does that mean exactly and why is that so important yeah so great question jill so what we're trying to remind folks is that when they place their recycling into their container it don't bag it Put it into the container loose, um, because remember, we, we talked earlier about the recycling centers where the material gets delivered to, and their material is being separated into the different commodity types. Well, if the material is bagged, um, that's an additional step that, that has to happen in the processing of the material. So we really want to remind folks to keep their material clean and dry and put it into their, uh, into their container loose. So I know a lot of folks like to have a bag in, in whatever container they use, maybe in their kitchen to store their recycling, and that's fine. But when you take it out to your recycling container, just dump it in loose, um, and that'll, that'll just help the, uh, the separation of the commodities down the line. Absolutely. And and we're asking, in my program, we're asking schools to do the same thing. Um, and yes, that can mean, you know, sometimes that you need to do a little bit of cleaning of those, of those bins. But um, the upshot is that we're able to keep the recyclables out of the landfill and, and it's well worth it. Now, Mark, RecyclingSimplified.com also says that we shouldn't be putting connected or mixed materials together um, in our recycling bins. Tell us more about what that means and why it's important. And if you can kind of give us an example so we can visualize this, that'd be great. Yeah, and, and it, it, you know, it, it's interesting. Packaging kind of continues to evolve, and I would say we have somewhat of the Amazon effect of how things are coming to, to consumers, which was different than, than previously. But when we really think about it, um, it, it it's, it's when two or more materials are connected. So I think a perfect example is, uh, you know, I, I have a, a young born, and, and, and she gets, you know, she, she has like her water bottles, right? And they come in, you know, a cardboard with the plastic that holds the water bottle when you purchase it. So, two pl- to, so the, what we're talking about is when you have kind of the cardboard or the plastic or two materials that are sold that are connected, right? And so what happens is if you leave that packaging as is and you put it into the system, the system rejects it or it contaminates the load because you're putting two different streams or two different types of materials that are connected, tied together in, into one, right? And so our, so our ask, and, and we talk about it on Recycling Simplified, is pulling those apart and separating them. Um, we also talk through some of the, the yellow bag packaging that you get from, from Amazon or, or others, right, that has the, the bubble wrap inside, or even Starbucks cups, right? They have a lot of different material, and a lot of people just throw those in as one. The unfortunate part is you're putting, well, paper or fiber with a plastic. And so our ask, again, is to, to pull those apart and, and really understand that if it's two different materials, to pull those two different materials apart. Well, and that makes perfect sense if you know how recycling works after it leaves your hand. So yep. those two different materials are going to go to two different places. It's not like, you know, all of our recyclable materials all go to one you know, place where they're made into something new. They go to one place to be separated into commodity type, but then they go on to completely different processing facilities. I mean, a, 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 a facility that makes new paper products out of recycled paper or cardboard 
doesn't operate the same way or doesn't, you know, may not even have the same equipment in any respect as a facility that makes plastics that can be recycled into new things. So, um, again, this is something really important. If we don't separate those materials, um, then that goes, that's going to have to go to the landfill. I mean, this isn't, you know, this isn't something that can all be done for us. We'd all love to have, you know, full service recycling uh, in terms of every little piece, but that's just not realistic and that's not how the system is set up to do it. So, Alberta, let's shift our focus to what should not be placed into the recycling container ever. Um, there are many items that unfortunately cannot be recycled. What are some of those common contaminants that people are putting in their recycling bins that shouldn't be there? What we like to call wishful thinking recycling right and um so some of the basic items you know that we that we see a lot of that shouldn't be in the recycling container food waste um soiled or wet paper and cardboard um containers that still have um you know soup or pasta sauce or or water in them uh liquid in bottles which goes along with that coffee cups are a common contaminant and then um, in, in some cases, recycling containers have become somewhat of a catch-all for, for folks. Mm-hmm. They, they, as you mentioned, aspirational recycling. Um, <laughs> we, we think we, we want to do the right thing, and so we put it in our recycling container. So batteries, clothing, um, those are all things that we should recycle, and there's different ways to recycle those items or, or have them be reused, but it's not your curbside um, recycling container. Right, exactly. And, you know, I, I want to throw this out because you guys have a great web resource to explain a lot of this. I have one to add as well. Over the summer, I took some high school and college uh, summer interns to a transfer station where they got to bring a 360-degree high-def camera and film what happens at a transfer station when people's municipal recycling gets dropped off, what happens to it. And so I want to let our listeners know where to find that because it's kind of cool if you watch it you know, on an iPad or on your phone you can just move around and see a full 360 degree view of this active transfer station and what's happening to the recyclables if you go to www.gogreeninitiative.org and scroll down to the bottom of the page and hit our YouTube icon um, go to our YouTube channel and uh, click on the playlist called VR Field Trips we may a couple of virtual reality field trips and the one that you want to look for is the transfer station and the students did a great job of putting this together but it shows exactly what Mark and Alberto are talking about about why some things cannot be recycled. You'll get to see a material recovery facility or a MRF in action and you'll see why what they're saying makes perfect sense. So if you want to know what it looks like when your recyclables end up at a transfer station, that's a way to to check it out. Um, Mark, in the expert tips section of RecyclingSimplified.com, there's a section that reads, know what to throw. Um, And I'd like for you to go into some detail explaining this concept to our listeners. What does it mean to know what to throw? Yeah, and and, and Jill, you know, I I think... I think when we really kind of think through that, right, and 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 this is for the general sense. I imagine you have a you have a, a fairly educated audience, right, in a general mm-hmm. sense. This is a very general statement. So when we think across the entire United States, where we service and, and where we have recycling facilities, what we're trying to do is really get people to understand 
they have to, they need to know what they're throwing away or what they're putting into the recycle bin. And if they don't, they should pause, try to find out, or put it in a secondary, put it in the, the trash bin, right? And, mm-hmm. and the entire thought process there is we have people who hope that what they put into the recycling stream comes away and helps um, and that we can find something for it on the back end. Unfortunately, a lot of what is put in there actually does more damage to the entire program, to our facilities, and so forth. So some of those would be you know, batteries, right? People have this idea that they can put batteries in there and for some we'll pull those out and recycle those. Others are, are hoses, right? And, and those can, can wreak damage on our, on our belts and, and really slow down the entire process. So again, what, what we ask, and, and you know, it's just, it's just an easy phrase to kind of keep in the back of the mind and to really share with others is, if, you know, if, know what you're putting away, and if you don't know, either think about putting it in the trash bin or go find, uh, you know, your source locally to see if that's approved. And it's not that hard to find out what is recyclable in your community. Um, You know, everybody pays a waste hauling bill. You might pay it to the city. You might pay it to the waste hauler themselves. So the wherever your waste hauling bill comes from, there is contact information and or a website where you can go and find out what is actually recyclable, what is actually accepted in your community's recycling program. It, it really isn't hard. And oftentimes there are even outreach materials that are mailed to people, um, you know, from the waste hauler or from the municipality. They give you little charts or little graphs about what's involved in the recycling stream. So it, it really is usually pretty doggone simple to find out what is recyclable in your community and it is a community by community situation and I know that frustrates people they want to be able to look on a container and if there's a recycling symbol on it just throw it in the recycling Um, but the fact of the matter is that's what's theoretically recyclable but what's practically recyclable recyclable in your community are those things where there is a place to sell or a market for those materials and you can find that out from your local municipality or local waste hauler alberto there are some other really really helpful resources on recyclingsimplified.com i'd love for you to give our listeners a preview of what they're going to find when they visit uh, that resources section of the website sure so um it's Again, RecyclingSimplified.com, it's got some great, uh, when you open it up, there's some great information about the, uh, the w- Recycling Simplified broken down into three easy steps. Right? Know what to throw away, have it clean, empty, and dry, and keep it loose, right? And so we've talked kind of uh, about the basics of that. Um, and then there are helpful videos. There are print, There's printable material that you can uh, put out around your house or business. Uh, to help people remember what should go in the recycling container. There are expert tips uh, to remind folks of, you know, the best way to put the material into the container. Again, clean and dry. Cardboard should be broken down. And then there's a great resources section for residents, for municipalities, and for businesses, as well as we've got some media resources as, um, that people can access. And all of that is available at uh, RecyclingSimplified.com. 
I just, I'm so thrilled that you guys have put this together. What gumption it takes to put this out there for everybody. And I'm really, um, I'm really pleased that Republic Services has done this. We've got to take a quick commercial break, but we've got so much more to go through. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson, in The Sea Around Us, said, All at last, return to the sea, to Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. So glad that you could all join us. We are talking about some really important changes that are happening rapidly across our country in our recycling system. And there are things that we all need to know. And Republic Services um, has done a great job of putting together a resource that will help all of us understand how to recycle better, how to make sure that our programs work and that our recycling actually ends up being recycled, not sent to a landfill. And that resource can be found at www.recyclingsimplified.com. I love it. It's a great resource. I want you to check it out. Mark, you know, we talked about this right before the break, how it's important to find out what is actually recyclable in your local municipality. And I know, um, you know, I talk to people who live and work in different communities, and they often get confused and frustrated that the recycling programs that they follow at home are different from the recycling programs they follow at work. And I'm hoping you could just talk to us a little bit about the local recycling you know, the nature of, of recycling being very local and how our listeners might be able to grapple with this, you know, these differences between their home recycling and their work recycling. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I, I think that's a, a very interesting dynamic. And, and, and typically what happens is, 
you know, there, there's recycling centers, that, you know, multiple within larger municipalities, right? And mm-hmm. some are geared more for your businesses and some are geared more for residential. Um, some may be controlled by a municipality. Um, so others may be, may be privately held. So there's a lot of pieces that go into that. Um, so, so, so the dynamic of what's different and isn't different can, can be tricky, right? What I'll tell you is the streams are very different coming out of offices, um, than the streams that come out of residential, just because p- typically you find a lot more residue out of the, the, re- the residential stream than you would out of the commercial stream. And so I, I think that's both ways, right? Is first, make sure you're checking with your municipality what can and can't uh, go into, into the bins. And then secondly, kind of doing the same with whoever's servicing your, your, commercial, your commercial or your business uh, recycling. And lastly, you know, I, I think we go back to, and, and, you know, on Recycling Simplified, you know, a great asset because it's, it's, not, it's not tied to just our customers. It's for everyone. But mm-hmm. really, you know, what we identify are a couple of streams that we say, you know, w- you know if, if you have questions, those you can always put away. And the other streams are continually changing because of the China store that's taken place. Right. And, and you know, you mentioned municipalities and the role that they play. And I know that municipalities are cro- across the country are trying to deal with the rapid changes in our recycling system since the enforcement of China's national sword. What resources does Republic Services have for municipalities? Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think that there's a lot of resources. I think first is our website, right? And we do a lot of tailored websites uh, locally. But again, recycling simplified and just being able to to get people to understand, you know, the, the material that's going in. You know, typically we're finding 30 plus percent of residuals. So if you think about it, right, a third of what's coming in that we're picking up, we it's, it's being identified as trash, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's really through public education. Uh, we have we have local representatives that can meet with municipalities. Uh, you know, Jill, what you're doing out with with schools and so forth. Um, there's a there, there's a lot of resources that we're willing to share with municipalities. But really, what you're you're seeing us do is partner locally with municipalities to ensure that the communication that's going outward um, is consistent and that mm-hmm. the municipalities actually understand the changes that are taking place. Uh, within the, the changing stream, because a lot of them, right, if, unless they, they own a facility um, mm-hmm. or manage it themselves, um, if, they're, if they're utilizing others, may not understand the extent of what's happening or the extent of the material that we are, or others are picking up from their citizens. Yeah, and you know what? That is such a helpful resource because I know that, you know, even in my own hometown, I mean, I work with cities across America because we bring them in when we're partnering, you know, with the schools. But, um, you know, municipalities are, are really really grappling with this and so it's fantastic that you guys have addressed that on your website and similarly Alberto it can be a huge challenge for businesses to recycle properly especially like big campuses that have you know over a thousand employees what kind of resources do you guys have for businesses or how can Republic help businesses understand their recycling options Sure, and I'll, uh, the first thing I would do is point folks to uh, the RecyclingSimplified.com website. There, are, there is a resource section um, for businesses, for municipalities um, that, that will have a lot of great information on uh, how they can address their recycling programs, but they can also reach out to their, uh, their local Republic Services office, um, and we would be happy to, to come out and help them with that. 
That is fantastic. And I know that Republic Services does a lot more than just uh, provide waste hauling services. In fact, in the town where I live in, in California, uh, you guys run our landfill, the Vasco Road Landfill in Livermore, California. And it is an exceptionally run facility by Republic Services. I actually have taken high school students there for field trips, um, and they love it. <laughs> um, I would love for you to just give us a little bit of a, a window into what's happening at landfills as a result of National Sword. So, Jill, first, thanks for thanks for the compliment about Vasco Road. We take a lot of pride in how we operate our almost 200 landfills um, across 40 states in Puerto Rico. It, it really is a, a big sense of pride for us to run environmentally safe landfills in our communities. Um, it, and really, there, there's been just a small residual impact on our landfills. I mean, this is China Sword or National Sword has really been about trying to find other end markets, trying to reduce the amount of contamination. But as you said earlier, right, if, if we're not able to um, reduce those contamination levels, or I'll use uh, Mark's earlier example, um, I think one of my favorite examples is this, the bottle of spaghetti pasta. When it gets compressed, and if it's not clean and dry, and that, uh, that spaghetti pasta that's left in the container gets sprayed over uh, other recyclables, it, it becomes contaminated, and that's something we're not able to sell. And, and so then that goes into the, the contamination pile, and it could end up at your local landfill. So as we strive to uh, conserve landfills, landfill space through, uh, through recycling programs, um, it's, it, it is a secondary impact, but, um, you know, it, it's all about um, trying to clean up that, that material stream as much as possible in the recycling containers. Absolutely. You know, I've heard a lot of longtime recycling advocates, because this is not a new issue, (laughs) um, express deep concern over what's going to happen to our nation's waste and recycling streams, given the abrupt change that National Sword has introduced. In the next five to 10 years, what, how do you think America's waste system will change to adapt to this new reality? Yeah, you know, and, and I think that this is a really good time for, for our country and our industry and, and our consumers to kind of reset um, the, the recycling market in general. And, and, my, and, and, and really the thoughts around this is we, we know as, as an organization um, and as an industry that our customers want to recycle, right? And we know from our municipalities that they want outlets for recyclable materials that they pick up or that we service. And so when we think about this, is this is really our, our opportunity to, to re-educate the public, but it's also our opportunity to go back to the economics around recycling and ensure that we fix this program. So regardless of future state, what happens in large fluctuations of material, recycling can be healthy um, for years to come or generations to come. And that well it provides said. us the, the opportunity to, to, to really have a, a good program moving forward. I love that. Thank you so much. That's a great way to wrap up the show. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. And thank you to Republic Services for RecyclingSimplified.com. It's a great resource. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. We'll be here same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. And until then, have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green.
Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.